said the colonel. The cards fell on the table, a light patter of applause. I speak as I find, colonel, said Miss Furrows. You know what they're all talking about in the bazaar now, don't you? When the Japanese will strike. I have no idea about the military side of things, but Mr. Magaguchi is a gentleman and quite the best dentist I have ever had. Nothing wrong with his balance, said the headmistress, relishing her rebellion. Well, Japs can't fly, repeated the colonel, his logic as circular as the sweep of the fan. But they can fix teeth, the headmistress snapped back, so fast that Grace found herself gurgling out loud. She tried to hide her fit of giggles by faking a cough, but she somehow choked. Helpless, acrid-throated, she mouthed, Water! The colonel called out, Boy! No one stirred. "'Boy!' Hanscom barked, louder this time. An Indian servant, snow-white hair, his hands a tremor, appeared bearing a mahogany tray and poured water from a cut-glass decanter into a tumbler filled almost to the rim with ice, decorated with a sprig of mint and a dwarf strawberry. Grace drank deeply, nodded her thanks, recovered her poise, and only then did the servant bow and depart." I rather think that gentleman hasn't been a boy for a while, she said. Boy, repeated the colonel. Pig, thought Grace. What about Miss Furrows? She had trapped Grace into this dreadful game, so she was not beyond deviousness. A stern, old-fashioned mouse, Grace was damn sure the way the headmistress was running the school was of no real use to the half-caste orphan girls, the human stain of empire who were supposed to live and flourish there. On the other hand, every now and then the eyes of the old lady would twinkle and she would say something fierce and sparky. Tiny, barely five feet, she seemed unafraid to squeak her mind. Grace sensed Miss Furrow's ton dress for Colonel Hanscom, yet the headmistress was more than happy to indicate when she did not agree with him, and Grace could not but admire her for that. The colonel began to bang on about why the three big clubs in Rangoon, the Pegu, the Gymkhana, and the Boat, had to maintain standards. He sluiced back his gin and Indian tonic, dug out an ebony case from his white linen jacket, offered cigarettes around, lit up a lucky strike, and puffed out a cirrus of smoke. This pressure for us to give everything on a plate to the Burmese, let alone the Indians and the Chinese, has to be resisted. We can't wear our shoes in their pagodas, fine. They can't wear their native costumes in our clubs. They don't want to come to our clubs anyway. But if they do, all we ask is for them to wear a suit and tie if they're a chap, or a proper dress if they're a girl. What could be fairer than that, eh? Play dribbled on for a few more hands, until Grace sensed that someone had entered the room behind her back. Mrs. Peckham! The colonel clapped his hands, a sea lion at the zoo reacting to the arrival of a bucket of fresh mackerel. Miss Furrows's face turned vinegar sour. The newcomer, a brunette in her mid-thirties, significantly younger than the headmistress, was the original fourth hand for bridge. Grace shot up, offering to withdraw. No, no, no. I couldn't possibly deprive you of the pleasure, miss, returned Mrs. Peckham, her voice silken, eyes weighing up Grace coolly.
the youngest woman in the Pegu Lounge by a decade or more. Collins, said Grace. Miss Collins, but I really must give way. I have enjoyed myself enormously. You are most welcome to stay, Miss Collins, said Miss Furrows. It sounded like an order. Yes, do stay, said the fourth, whose name Grace had forgotten. She added, Mrs. Peckham's husband is in the Royal Navy and he's at sea. Colonel Hanscom blew his nose into his handkerchief, while Mrs. Peckham smiled woodenly, a medieval saint pierced by a red-hot poker. I am most awfully sorry, said Grace, breaking the spell of unpleasantness, but my father always used to say that too much pleasure is bad for the digestion, so do take my seat, Mrs. Peckham. Goodbye, and thank you very much once again. Backing out of the bridge room, she nodded at Mr. Stripes up on the wall, whose glass eyes stared on unperturbed.